Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Namaste, mods and mamas. Thanks for tuning in. It's another week, another podcast, and boy, is this a good one. Today, we're pressing the reset button on routines and learning how to embrace rituals with the Rani of rituals, Michelle Ranavath. Michelle is such a breath of fresh air. You're going to totally love our conversation. And it kind of goes along with the conversation that I had with Dr. Sonia Batra at the end of season one, where we talk about what is required in a daily skincare routine. I made the embarrassing confession at that time that I did not have a daily skincare routine and probably more days out of not, I did not wash my face at the end of the night. I used to despise washing my face. And I realized during the quarantine time, as my hair was growing out and the whites were growing in of my unhighlighted hair, I was looking at my face and I realized, yes, I've been blessed with great jeans, but jeans are only gonna last me so long and I needed to step up my game. And I really felt inspired after talking to Dr. Sonia that I needed to do the research to find the right brand for me. And so during that search, I knew that I wanted something Ayurveda-based. I wanted something more natural because I have dry, sensitive, I get uh, allergic reactions very easily to chemical latent products. And I kept seeing Ranavath over the past year, honestly, over and over and over. I think I was finally ready to commit to investing in skincare products. I literally binged on all of Michelle's videos in one night and I felt so confident that I loved the simplicity of her routine. I love that everything was rooted in ancient Ayurveda, but given a modern twist for modern skincare. And what I loved is her intention of creating rituals around skincare that I could get behind. And so I love the idea of creating into a luxurious ritual in the morning and the evening and just taking it as a moment of pausing of awareness, of mindfulness. And so I felt so aligned with her brand as a whole that I not only invested in the brand, I love it. And I'm not just saying that, I had to have her on the podcast to really talk about what her vision about rituals truly is. And so when I really myself was diving into her website to learn more about her brand and her products, it made me stop for a second. When I heard the word ritual, I was like, What is ritual to me? I never really contemplated it. And honestly, when I thought of ritual, like being someone who grew up in a Hindu family, I thought of like a religious ceremony or a puja or maybe like even, you know, ceremonies around weddings or funerals that you do like these big momentous occasions that you do these mystical or like religious or you know for some people it's like these casting spells you know I'm totally woo woo but I really was never on board of like creating rituals and when I really started dissecting and understanding even 
Michelle's viewpoint of creating macro moments of bliss that you look forward to in your day-to-day life, I started to look at rituals in a completely different way, especially after integrating Ranavat practice into my daily life. I truly look at rituals as a simple way to transform simple tasks in your ordinary day-to-day life and making them more special. It's about taking small and mundane moments and creating deep presence and self-connection into those experiences, slowing down and fusing actions with intentions. And I truly change what I think of when I think of rituals. It is truly macro moments of mindfulness, of slowing down and creating space for things that matter in our life. And I wanted to dive deep more into this idea of what rituals truly mean for Michelle and how we can infuse this sort of mindset into our daily life so we can pause more so that we can move out of burnout and dissatisfaction that we experience in our day-to-day life. So just a little bit about Michelle. Michelle is the founder of Ranavath, a skincare line inspired by the beauty rituals of Indian royalty. Michelle's mission is to make you feel royal and indulge your senses in India's rich history through ingredients like saffron, jasmine, and rose. Since launching her line in August of 2017, she's entered into major department stores like Neiman Marcus and the most prominent clean beauty retailers, Credo and Detox Market. Named as one of the 50 most influential global Indians by Vogue magazine and bustles must follow Asian Americans, Michelle is certainly on her way to share these lost rituals with the world. And we are so honored that she is here to talk all about rituals with us. So without further ado, let's dive in. Thank you so much, Michelle, for being here on the Time and Talks podcast. I'm so excited to dive in with you. No, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I've been using your products for the past couple months and I made an embarrassing confession on Instagram to all my podcast viewers that I did not have a consistent skincare routine. And so I had a guest on and she kind of talked through what were like the ABCs of skincare. And I really got my butt in line. I was like, I have to find a skincare line. I have very sensitive, dry skin, I researched the heck out of your company, and I think I watched every single one of your videos, Michelle. (laughs) No, but it was so, I think it really helped me because you were so mindful in all those videos when you're putting on, doing the different steps. So I really, um, I dove in, I purchased it, and I've been so happy with all my products. Kudos to you, Michelle, for incredible, incredible products. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So I wanted to dive in because you have a very interesting, uh, you know, story about how you got inspired to start Ranavath. So let's start there. What sparked your inspiration of building a Ayurveda inspired uh, skincare line? Well, I think, you know, so much of my experience is based on, you know, my parents and what I saw them create. And my dad had moved from India in the 70s and he had nothing you know he just came with his education and so i saw him get laid off from his job and then deciding to start his own company in the basement of our home in milwaukee wisconsin and um that was just a a very interesting experience kind of watching him 
not take the help of anyone, slowly using honesty and hard work and all of that to really create and build the business that he has today. And I think watching that dream come true was something that always resonated with me, but I never felt this connection to either, you know, he's in the pharmaceutical chemical space. I never really felt that connected to that or really anything else. And so as I started, you know, after college, I studied engineering, went to get my master's, then ended up at Lehman Brothers in 08. And, you know, it was this like major point in time where, um, you know, the world was falling apart. So, you know, in 08, when everything fell apart, I was reassessing what I wanted to do and then ended up working at my dad's company for six years in sourcing and product discovery. Um, And of course, this was related to pharmaceuticals, nothing about skincare, but I really sort of fell in love with product development and, you know, looking at the manufacturing side of things and that just, you know, flying around the world and going to these factories was really exciting for me. And so as I started to think about what I wanted to do, I knew that that aspect would be part of it. And then, of course, sort of parallel, I was on maternity leave after my second child. And, you know, of course, you want to feel good about yourself after having a baby. You know, that's like a moment of like, oh, my gosh, I got to like, you, know, you just want to feel like yourself again. You know, mm-hmm. it's like sleepless nights, all of that. And so I started experimenting with these masks and a lot of them were Ayurvedic inspired and I couldn't find the ingredients that I wanted in the high quality that I thought they should be in. And so I was like, oh, well, I actually know how to source ingredients. This is something that I've grown up with. Um, So I decided to sort of at that moment kind of combine all of those little tidbits of passion into creating this line. That's so fascinating. And were you into Ayurveda before? Like, are you into practicing Ayurveda? Or is this like your entry point into that kind of realm? So I was not into Ayurveda at all, to be honest. And I think my original experience with it was like, you know, my mom saying like turmeric milk and all that. And I didn't really enjoy that. And I didn't, I wouldn't say didn't believe in it, but just didn't think that it was for me. And I'm like, oh, there's like better I just, you know, take a Tylenol or do this or do that. Like, I just never really gave it the credit I think it deserves. And I kind of discovered a lot of that on my own. But I think one thing that I did always connect with was my culture. So like growing up, I was really into Bollywood dance and performing. And so I always had this like really deep connection to Indian traditions. And so when I like, saw what Ayurveda was and I like opened my eyes because I think I saw first saw it as like skincare and ingredients and then I kind of like dug a little bit deeper and I'm like whoa this is actually so much of our culture too you know when you think about hair oiling it's not just like oh there's an Ayurvedic practice of hair oil it's like your grandma doing the massage and like that's something that schoolgirls always have their hair but like it's part of the culture Mm -hmm. and when I saw that aspect of it I think that's what really like connected me more on a personal level. And I didn't just see it as this like random thing that my mom would introduce me to every now and then that I wasn't sure that worked. And now it was like a way for me to connect with my culture. I gave it more of a chance. And I think when I did that, I really discovered the value that was there. And I was like, wow, this is a way that I feel really connected now. 
Yeah, I I can really relate to that because same exact sentiments that you, we don't even actually really realize that growing up so many of the different things that our parents, whether it was diet or like you said, like the hair, hair oiling, all these different aspects where you were just told to do or like, you know, maybe old wives tales, at least that's what I was like, oh, they just say that, that's super mm-hmm. stupid. But then as you get older, I think same exact idea that different aspects of it, whether it was diet, whether for me, a lot of like yoga and meditation and how that effect with Ayurveda and skincare has actually been more infused as of learning through your products and the types of uh, ingredients that you put in. That has really been kind of my connection of Ayurveda and skincare and that practice, which I love because there's so many different facets of Ayurveda. And um, so it really has fit in so well with that holistic mold. And a lot of the moms who listen to this podcast are about that lifestyle. So this is one aspect that kind of fits into that overwhelming, like kind of like big, that tapestry, don't you say? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. And I think the whole wellness movement in the US is like, basically Ayurveda, right? And I think so many times before was like, okay, yoga sort of lives on its own meditation lives on its own using ingredients like ashwagandha and you know the the supplements that lives on its own and then the skincare aspect but actually we know that this is all interconnected right and that's really the beauty of ayurveda right it's not about solving problems in isolation it's thinking about your overall well-being and your wellness and so i think when you take that look which i think a lot of people are south asian and not Um, I think you come to this conclusion that actually Ayurveda is all of that and has been for so long. And now we're just kind of connecting the dots in our modern lives. Um, And I think it's I think it's great. I think even my approach to Ayurveda and skincare is not super old school. Like I think I like making it accessible into my day to day life um, and making products that I want to see on my vanity, something that might look appealing. And then same with like the cleanser, right? The delivery device is a cream cleanser, which honestly would not have existed in Ayurveda. Like they would have used a powder cleanser, but Mm -hmm. they would have used some of the ingredients that I'm using. So I think I try to just, you know, make it in a little bit of an approachable modern format so that it fits into our, our lives the way we have now. Yeah, I think you did such a wonderful job of doing that. And just, I think the the best way that I ex- can explain it is that the the fragrances and you tantalize the senses of exactly all those, like the saffron, the rose, the jasmine, everything is just like a, a play on re- reconnecting you to like that groundedness of nature, but also that essence within yourself. So I think that's so beautiful. One of the big things that I really resonated with you and your brand and your vision is about creating ritual around Mm -hmm. skincare. And so I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about what ritual means for you and how it plays into your vision of skincare. Well, so the definition of ritual is actually a simple act of devotion. And so when you think about it from like a deity perspective and religious, it's like you're devoting yeah, a little bit of your time, energy, positivity to, you know, could be like a god or something like that, where when when we think of ritual in the skincare world, it's doing that same thing, but to yourself. And I think that's very important, right? We should actually, you know, have that simple act of devotion on an inward basis when we can, because of course, you know, you can't sort of put your best face out into the world if you yourself don't feel whole. 
And I think that's a huge part of it. And I think, you know, when you were touching earlier on like this fragrances and all that, I mean, that's really the whole line in my mind is really to tell a story and it's to tell your story, right? So it's like, you know, you're smelling the jasmine serum and you're putting it on your hair and you're like, ooh, this reminds me of my grandmother or this reminds me of a trip to India or it could even remind you of that ritual of your grandma putting it or your mom putting it in your hair and what that means to you and your family and your heritage. And so I think when you think of ritual, I don't think it's something that exists in isolation. It's something that should be meaningful to you. And that's why I think I like to use fragrance and they're all natural, but I I like to use that sort of sense, sensory experience, whether it be the texture, whether it be the way the product smells, but it should all sort of relate to you and pull those memories and your experience to make your experience that much more personal and ritualistic. Like if you go to a spa, right? Like they have candles, they have like music playing in the background. They have like the fragrance in the air. They have like, when they're talking to you, they use like a soothing voice and you have a robe. And so that's kind of like what I like to create and think about when I'm thinking about my routine, because I can give you a cleanser and say, Hey, make this a ritual, but that's not really going to happen unless you have Mm -hmm. some of those other elements bringing that out. And then of course, it's like the story that I'm telling, right? So you like start with like the the cleanser that is like more rich in texture, but like light in scent. And then you get into like more heavier things. And I sort of created the few ingredients in that process to work with each other to tell that story to you. And I love that it's personal because these scents are going to bring something different to you than they might bring up for someone else, right? Yes. Whenever I smell the Radiant Ronnie, I like want shikun. <laughs> Like I, 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 I know. And no, but you're you're so right because it's it. I heard this somewhere, and I don't don't quote me where exactly I heard it, but I heard that the sense of smell has the longest memory, or like it has the. I'm saying it wrong. I don't know. There's some like memory thing in your head that like only fragrances or scents can. Yes. Yes, that's it. And it's like the longest, like lasting, like, mem- and so you can mm-hmm. be triggered like a memory that when you're like two or three, just by a smell. Yeah, and that- it only lives in that like way, which is kind yes. of weird, but yes. So when you were saying that, it just jogged my memory of that. I feel like the three kind of component, at least for me as someone who's a user of your products, is that one, yes, like your intention is obviously to create beautiful, radiant skin, like to create that glowing skin. But it also creates an essence of, like you said, creating that radiant inner beauty by slowing down. Like even when when you when I was watching you in your videos, you were so mindful. You were so slow as you apply it. Like I felt like it was calming for me to watching mm-hmm. you because you were creating that that moment. I feel like it's of self worth, right? Because you're taking that time for yourself. Like what you said, that devotion for yourself. But also then it's like then creating a this experience of joy, right? Of using these products that you that you love that are creating experiences for you that's creating a certain sensory experience. And um, it's something that you look forward to, especially as busy moms, that yeah. life, right? It's it, it's like, it starts bookends your day from like a moment of like that micro moment, like you say, like that micro blissful moment in the morning, mm-hmm. and then ending it at the at the end of the day. So yeah, like there are like a couple of interesting things I would say about that one, I think, 
if you notice, like I don't have a million products either. Yes. And I thank think you. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> and that's how I am, right? I want to use one product that is super intentional that works. So like for me, if it doesn't have a purpose, I don't really want to have it in my routine and I don't want a million things. So that's like rule number one for me. And then rule number two, I think you mentioned, um, you know, of course there's like intentionality and then even like the sort of book ending your day. I feel like even that it, when you think about skincare and caring for yourself, you know, you can do one thing, which is like, Hey, you got to wash your face. Like that's, that's not interesting. A lot of people hate washing their face. It's like a chore. But my idea was like, you know what? I want to make this an experience that you want to do. So this is more than just a means to an end. So it's like, oh, you know, it's not just a face wash. It's a luminous ceremony. And I know that's just like very sort of fluffy in many ways. But really, the idea is so much more deep than the name. It's actually like, yeah, I want this to be a ceremony for your, to yourself, for yourself, and not just a chore that you have. And I think when we reframe that and we turn it into like a moment of bliss, I think we're going to do it more and we get more out of it. So that was also part of like the way that I was viewing the role that skincare plays. And then I think one other thing that I want to touch upon is like, you know, when you think of this, like the saffron serum and like the Shrikhand and like those, let's, of course, it, that's a that's the most heady sort of, um, I don't know, like the most rich product I feel that I have, which ended up being, it is the top seller. And I, it's funny because when I created it, I was really nervous because it does have a stronger scent profile. And I was like, oh man, you know, I don't want people to feel like this is like fobby or weird or whatever. And actually I'm like surprised that people that are not Indian like actually really like it. They like that scent. And I think growing up, I had this thing in my mind that like, oh my God, my friends are going to play at my house and my house smells like Indian food or something. And I felt like I had that same, I don't know, like insecurity about Ronnie, which actually I think is totally was in my head and unfounded. And I think the other part of that product, it's like the way that the scent, it's like not actually synthetically manufactured so mm -hmm. saffron is like the main ingredient and it smells like saffron and it's mm -hmm. not actually fragranced so you're actually smelling what's working which i think is super powerful also because it's like yeah you're gonna believe me that i have multiple grams of saffron in this bottle because of the way that it smells yes with like habits and like how you talked about like rituals some people don't like washing their face. I raised my hand was one of them. Like it felt more like a chore. Do you have any advice for like, you know, someone who's like really into something? How do you make a ritual not lose its luster, if that makes sense, to become that automatic habit of like, oh, I have to do this. Like a lot of it, it's like kind of like going to the gym where you're like, oh my God, I guess I'll go to the gym. And then you start seeing results and you're like, oh, okay. Like I'm so going to the gym because I feel better. I look better, I'm healthier, right? And I think that's kind of the same thing with skincare. It's like, first of all, yes, you want to use products that mean more than just being a tour and things that you don't want to use. Mm -hmm. I think my second point of philosophy is around using products like that embrace your skin and help it do its own job versus I don't use like a ton of 
harsh products. Like my cleanser is formulated to the pH of your own skin. It's non-stripping. It's super gentle. It still works and removes makeup and does all those things, but you're using it 14 times a week. Like you don't want an exfoliating cleanser 14 times a week. Like that's a lot, you know, to have. So I think my view is like allowing your skin to be its best self. So I don't like force my skin into compliance with lots of harsh, you know, ingredients that are going, you know, a lot of people put these masks on and they're like, Oh my God, it was like tingling and burning and my face was really red. So now I know it's working. And it's like, I guess, but like, do you really want to do that? Like you might now have less blackheads, but now your face is really dry and red. Like now you just have another problem. And so that's also part of my philosophy. So I think when you think about, you know, how do you get into this routine? I think one, it's like use products that you like that are enjoyable, that like create this experience for you, make it more than just skincare Two, be consistent about it. Just like going to the gym, you need to see results. Once you see those results, you're going to automatically keep doing it. Like I notice if I don't wash my face at night, I will break out at some point. If it's like the first day, maybe, maybe not the second day for sure. So I always make sure that I, that's something that I do because I see those results. I know what the benefit of doing it is. So I think you have to sort of add in that element of routine so that you see the result. And then once you see the result, you're very incentivized to keep going. And then I think the third thing is like, you know, it should, it should be not a million steps. Right. And I think it should be intuitive. So for someone like you that has dry skin, I would say that like the way that you apply your products and the products that you should be different than, you know, someone else. And I'm not saying you have to use different products, but for example, like one, you know, one example is like Radiant Ronnie. If you're super dry, I would recommend maybe you want to put like a moisturizer on top. That's one thing that you could do that someone else wouldn't do. If you're super oily, maybe you don't put Radiant Ronnie on in the morning. Maybe you save it for the night or maybe you only apply it to like your cheek area. Like there are just certain intuitive things that only you know because it's your skin and it's different than everybody else's. So I think taking an intuitive approach is super important. And I know that sucks because I can't just tell you what you need to do. You have to learn it. But I think once you do that, you'll see the benefits. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's a that's a good take on that. So there is one product that I would love for you to talk a lot about just because I I know about it, but I don't know much about it. And I've had been asked questions when I shared it. So tell us a little bit more about the Kunsa wand and what's the science behind that, if you will. Oh my gosh, there's so much science behind it. And there's so much cultural knowledge behind it. So there's like, there's a so lot. give us a Cliff Notes version. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to try to like make it more approachable. So I guess let's start culturally. So Kasa was made in the Bronze Age. It combines copper and a little bit of tin. I think it's like 75% copper, 25% tin because of the, it doesn't, you know, you need the tin in there to make it, I think, harder, but also non-corrosive. So you need, and the blending of these two metals was not done until the Bronze Age, until they could get these temperatures to be warm enough to make that happen. Once they were able to do it, it's actually called the bell metal. So bells, Tibetan gongs, all of these highly resonant and honestly spiritual, if we want to go there, um, instruments are bell metal, kansa. So I think already we know that it has a special resonance, right? Just from a spiritual perspective and how it's used. 
um, and how our brain resonates with that sound um, and what that does to us. But I think beyond that, when you think about health implications, they first actually used it as a, um, you know, alkaline water is like everyone talks about it now. They knew back then that alkaline water was great in terms of adding to your overall health and digestion. So they actually, if you go to India and even here, they have these Casa, like vodkis, water Mm -hmm. bottle kind of like things, cups, glasses, and you drink out of them. And people swear by them. They like will not drink water from other vessels because it gives it's alkaline water. Like it adjusts the pH of your water. And then same with the tali. When people would eat on those plates, it's like you're putting. Let's say you put like highly acidic tomato or something, and you put that like eating off of that plate actually balances all the food for you. So when you're eating it, it the digestion is better. So casa really started out as a culinary tool. Um, But then ultimately it ended up being used in beauty as well because of the ability for not only the, the pH and the alkaline aspect of it, but they noticed that copper is actually really good for the skin in terms of helping with collagen, elastin, Um, just rubbing copper on your skin is super beneficial. So I think the Casa one's really interesting because it combines both of those aspects. One, you know, rubbing, and you have to use a serum. And I, you know, Radiant Ronnie is actually a derivation of something called kumkumadi, which is a saffron oil. And they were actually meant to be used together. I didn't know that actually when I was like discovering these two things, but actually using them together is the best way. So you, you put like the uh, serum all over your face and then you start rubbing the copper. And when you do that, what happens is the copper actually touches the skin and balances your pH. Now you could say like, why do I care about my skin to be pH balanced? Well, when your skin is not pH balanced, which is when you have issues like breakouts, um, fine lines, like all of that, your skin basically gets upset and tries to compensate and then shows you through these breakouts and other things that it's not well. Because we know in Ayurveda, acne isn't just like, oh, I got bacteria here. It could be stress related. It's just your skin telling you something's wrong and something needs to be adjusted, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so the Casa wand is really meant to keep your skin balanced. So as you rub the wand across your face with the serum, the serum actually may oxidize and might turn gray. And that is just an indication. That's not a lot of people like, oh my God, that's like a toxin coming out of your face. No, it, I, I would love to say that because that's really cool. <laughs> from a marketing perspective, but that's not true. It's really oxidization. So, you know, avocado, you put it outside, it's going to get brown. It's like the same thing. When you put this, um, the casa and you're like, the pH level of your skin is higher, it will neutralize and it will oxidize the serum. Your skin is not... turning any colors it's the serum that's sitting on top of it that's why it's rinsable you know that's why you can just remove it but i think it's important because you're visually seeing that your skin is not balanced which okay great that's good to know but i think what's better to know is that it's fixing it as it's doing it and then let's say your serum doesn't turn gray and you are balanced well that's great for you but you're also getting circulation by moving the wand across your face, you're getting relaxed, it's easing tension. And then again, you're getting that benefit of the copper, which is such an incredible skin ingredient on your skin. And that's just going to help it from like an overall health perspective. So that's kind of like my 
my 101. That was awesome. That was really just such a great job explaining that. And with that, with the consult wand, how many times a week do you recommend, or is that different based on like your, like if you have a higher pH, would you use that more? Or is it just kind of something like a couple times a week? What do you recommend for that? It's all about duration because Mm -hmm. certain times when I use the concept one, I'm like using it for one or two minutes. And like, I don't really see any grayness. And then I'll use it for like, and again, like grayness is not an indication as to whether it's working or not you physically putting the copper on your skin, it's already working, like it's already doing things. I just think it takes time to actually like see. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes time for the like, massage aspect to work. So if you're saying like you have 15 minutes that you're going to dedicate throughout your week to some sort of massaging type ritual, which by the way, you can do when you're watching TV. It's not like you have to set aside other time. I would say like doing one 15 minute session is better than three, five, right? So I think you want to focus not on time that you're doing it, like quantity, you want to focus on duration of the experience. Got it. That and makes them get a better result. And like, again, this is not like stripping your skin or changing it. Like, it's not like it's like no, a bleeding yeah. mask. So you can do it. I mean, look, if you have 15 minutes a day that you want to dedicate, like, go for it. I don't think it's like totally necessary. I think, you know, do what's intuitive to you. Um, but when you do it, just be sure to try to allocate like 10 to 15. Yeah, that makes sense. I wanted to actually give you an opportunity because we did touch upon it a few different times, like the simplicity of your steps and your products. So I know that you mentioned it's different, like as far as like where you apply, you know, be intuitive, but just quickly walk through like this, the simplicity of the steps of your products. Yes. Um. So I think the first and I, and I can like, share sort of a little bit because you know people are listening and you guys can't see the textures and the scents and all that which is like of course you know I would love to do that in person with all of you guys but basically you start off with this like really rich like creamy cleanser and what I love about this is a lot of creamy cleansers and like look I'm South Asian I'm Indian myself like I wear a lot of eye makeup like whether it's kajal or mascara like that's where my focus is so I knew when I created this like it had to work to remove that because if I have to do another step like I don't want you know I don't want that experience but I also didn't want it to be non-stripping so we use an ingredient called manjista in this like really beautiful pillowy cleanser manjista is like a coffee relative that um increases and boosts your circulation and like when you think about that you're like getting fresh oxygenated blood which is essentially sort of like detoxing not that you have toxins in your body but it's just better when you have more fresh blood that keeps coming through so that's the first step is i just gently use this cleanser i use like a muslin cloth because again you can you can do it without a cloth it still removes all the makeup it's just that you have to like rub a little bit more and i like the light exfoliation of what a cloth me. So I I use it. You don't have to. Um, But from there, I spray my jasmine mist, which is one ingredient, hydrosol, super simple. But not only is the fragrance very real and jasmine is mood elevating. Mm -hmm. So it is, you know, part of that step for me is mood. The other part is the jasmine flower is so hydrating for the skin. So I'm like, why am I going to add like 50 other ingredients when this ingredient is great? And I can let, I can show it off. You know, I can show off the the scent profile instead of combining it with other things and kind of lessening that. So um, it's a one ingredient, 100% organic, um, 
it feels beautiful on the skin. You can put it in the refrigerator, but I'll, I'll miss that. And while my skin is damp, that's super important. I will then take Radiant Ronnie, the saffron brightening serum. And that is really something that doubles as a vitamin C. My opinion is that it's better than a vitamin C because saffron brightens. Everybody knows. I mean, everyone knows turmeric. This also has turmeric in it. That's a fact. It is a fact because carotenoids is what's in those ingredients that do that. It's also a fact that they're anti-inflammatory. So if you think about vitamin C and brightening, yes, you want to lighten the hyperpigmentation that you have, but most likely that was from a spot. And what a spot is, is inflammation. So I really don't like viewing or using a product that is going to help one aspect, but not the other. So this Radiant Ronnie serum really helps both of those things. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're using a product that helps both, you know, if there's acne, that's inflammation, right? So you want to use something that's helping both the brightening aspect of the hyperpigmentation and um, the inflammation component. So I always use Radiant Ronnie on damp skin because you want, it's an oil, it has no water in it. So if you're lacking water, which is dehydration, you've got to have that jasmine mist on and you want to have it damp and then you apply the serum on top. And that's going to seal it all in with like a nice barrier. Um, and really, that's it. I mean, occasionally, I will I'll use the console on maybe like one or two times a week. If I do that, you kind of want to go back and I don't do my routine before the console on. Um, because if I do get grayness, I know that I have to start it over again. So I kind of adjust it that way. Um, I'm really big into hair oiling. So um, I do that every week, at least because I only wash my hair once a week. So I'm always putting in my hair serum. Well, and your hair serum is with jasmine too, right? Yes, it has jasmine, yeah. amla, and sunflower. Yeah, so um, it's not like your mama's old coconut oil. <laughs> no, and you know what? Like, if you look up that brand that everyone's very familiar with, yeah, they have a natural line now. But if you look at the one that we all used to use, it's like mostly mineral oil, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. When I like started to look it up, I was like, oh, this isn't really like, that great. Like it's not even coconut oil, which I was like, oh, oh, that's so crazy. That's kind of, yeah. And actually I think that, you know, coconut oil has its place for the hair and I'm not going to discount that, but it's a little clunky and a little thick and kind of can get on your skin and it doesn't work for me on my skin. Yeah. So I like having a lighter, thinner serum that an amla, of course we know that's like a magic skin or hair ingredient. Um, yes. Yeah. That's see guys, I told you it's really simple. And I'm the person that like would get overwhelmed by all like this five, six, seven steps. That's why I can commit to this. It's lovely. Like it's a great experience. So I definitely attest to it. I, in your philosophy, as far as like, you know, skincare and self-care routine, do you apply this idea of ritual into any other area of your life besides skincare? Um, that's a good question. I feel like uh, I don't know. Yes and no. Like I have, to, I mean, I think one of the most common rituals that everyone has is their morning cup of coffee or tea, right? Yes. So I wake up and I'm like super excited about that. And I love indulging, whether it's tea, whether it's coffee, like that gets me up. I love working out. So every day I'm always doing my run. 
Um, now it's like changing in quarantine. I used to go to Pilates class, but now I like do my little run and I always listen to an inspiring podcast. So that, that can be yours too. Yeah. Um, you know, I listen to podcasts on my run and that's like a nice part of my routine. I call my family, you know, I wouldn't say I, you know, honestly, I'm not like a regimented person and I've tried that many times. I've tried scheduling every minute of my day. I've tried, um, I don't know. It just, it doesn't work for me at all. And I actually, even the way that I like run my company, like I don't put to-do lists together. I know it sounds weird, but I just like intuitively just like know what I need to get done and I get it done. Um, because that's just the way that I operate. And I just have embraced it more and more. Um, but I don't know every year I try, I think about like, Oh, I need to be more organized and routine oriented. And then I just don't. So you created um, a movement with a hashtag called claim your crown. So what does claim your crown mean to you? Oh my gosh. Okay. I love this, this question because it's super important to me. So claim your crown is this ability to live and dream beyond your circumstances. You know, when I think of royalty and, you know, Ranavat is inspired by these Royal rituals and, you know, but I, I want to be clear that you don't have to be born into a specific family to be Ranavat Royal, right? And this is this idea of like, we don't have to be a part of that. We can just claim our own crown. No one needs to say that we're worthy. And I think that message really echoes throughout the entire Ranavat experience from, you know, me sort of sharing this, these treatments with everyone and sort of bringing it to all of us. Um, but also the way that Ranava gives back to the community. So we work with the Desai Foundation and they have programs on the ground, educational programs, and it is for kids and, you know, boys and girls that are dreaming beyond their circumstances and even women. I mean, they had a whole menstrual hygiene um, program um, where they are, and there's an amazing documentary or not documentary, it was like a video on them going to the villages and the pride that these women have on like their business is incredible. And it's like, I'm watching them claim their crown. You know, they were just part of these villages. They were women. They just didn't get the respect. And now she's like, one of the ladies was like, and now I used to be really like scared to talk in front of groups. And now I just say that this is the company and, you know, just the pride that she has. And that's what Ranavat is about. You know, it's about doing that to yourself, feeling like you're worthy, but also the fact that we give, you know, 2% of our proceeds to Decide Foundation. We're doing that for other people. People should be able to dream beyond their circumstances. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that intention. You share on your site, like a, your claim, your crown moment. Um, mm-hmm. Could you share one with us on yeah, the, the podcast? Well, Mine was just, you know, we touched upon this earlier. It's it was just this embarrassment or sort of having two different lives, you know, and not really feeling comfortable sharing um, Indian traditions with my friends, you know, whether it's oiling my hair or, you know, really any tradition, I sort of just kept it on the side. And my claim your crown moment is creating Ranava because it is now the superpower of saying, hey, you know what, I'm not going to be shy about it. I think that these are great practices. And you know what, I want to share them with you. And oddly enough, it's like you see so many you you see that maybe some of that I'm not going to discount, you know, what the stigma is. But I also feel like some of that hesitation came through me. 
And I think my claim your crown moment was sort of releasing that and saying, you know what, maybe, maybe there's an opportunity to share and bring people closer versus sort of keeping myself apart. Yeah, I love that. And you're bringing clean beauty in a way like to the masses, right? It's not just for South Asians. Like you said, like these products Mm -hmm. are now being for people who are not South Asian. So it's creating their own experiences with these scents. Maybe they never grew up with saffron or turmeric or in in their household, but now they're creating their own experience. So it's, that's such a lovely way of just passing on, like you said, like this experience and this tradition in a new way, like actually resonate with it, which is amazing. And we realize, you know what, we're so much closer than we thought we were. Yeah. Where can everybody find your products and get your products? So ronavat.com is my website, but um, I also sell at Credo, Detox Market, Neiman Marcus. Um, so yeah, wherever you feel. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle. I've learned so much from you, but I just love your heart, your mission, your passion behind your your company, but just what you stand for. So thank you so much for being here and sharing this with us. Thank you for the opportunity. And it was such a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys, till next week. Bye. Bye. If you've been loving the Time and Talks podcast and you find value from it, I would be so eternally grateful if you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. And when you do, I love to gift you my seven-day stress detox course. All you got to do is screenshot your review before you submit it. Email it to me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com. And when you do, I'll inbox you the details of the course. This course has my go-to tools anytime I feel impatient, angry, fresh, and I come to them almost every single day. And I promise these are the tools that you're going to want to have in your back pocket too. And if you haven't purchased the Meditation for Kids book, definitely do so now. You can purchase it anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Target, IndieBound, BAM. And you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course. If you're a complete beginner in learning how to teach meditation to your kids, this is the step-by-step roadmap that's going to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.